Welcome to the Button to Christ Ministries podcast. Here you will find powerful messages from our ministry founder and president, Patrick Baker. You will also hear interviews and testimonies, all designed to encourage God's people to come higher in Christ Jesus and experience true power in Him. Join us every week on our prayer line every Tuesday and Friday morning at 5 a.m. and Tuesday and Friday nights at 7.30 and 9 p.m. respectively. All times are Eastern Standard Time. And now, without further ado, sit back and enjoy the Button to Christ Ministries podcast. Hello and good night, everybody. Just want to welcome each one of you to another Bun to Christ Ministries um, Thursday evening fellowship. We just want to give God praise and thanks that he has allowed us to come this far in the week. And tonight we would alternate with Bible study and our praise testimony and prayer session and tonight we are going to have our bible study brethren we're going to be having our bible study tonight and i pray that you'll get all of your pens and papers handy as we go through the word of god with no further ado though we are going to open up with a word of prayer let us pray father in heaven lord i just want to praise you i want to thank you and exalt you for all that you have done for us this day and we want to thank you for bringing us on the prayer line tonight for another uh, bible study and all that you're going to do and how you're going to work um in the life of the presenter tonight brother nigel i pray that he would never be seen but only you will be high and lifted up and as we go through the word of god let it solidify in our hearts so that we can also go and share it with others because your word must be shared and go into all the nations oh lord god before you come back so i pray now that you will just sanctify this line keep everything together and let everything said and done bring all glory and honor and praise to your name in the name of jesus christ of nazareth i pray amen amen praise be the name of the lord i just want to thank each and every one of you again for joining us tonight for another Bun to Christ Ministries Bible study. And before we get into the Bible study, we're going to have a special song by Sister Walters. Sister Walters, please press star star to unmute your line and we will have that special song. Praise God. Good night, Sister Walters, go ahead. Amen. So let us do a special song. Praise God. One second, brethren. Hold on. Hold on. Asking everybody to keep their phones muted, please. Just 
Okay, let us sing. Oh, soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's light for a look at the Savior and life more abundant and free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Amen. Praise the Lord. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, brethren. Let us turn our eyes upon him tonight as we go through this Bible study. Praise be the name of the Lord. Go right ahead, Brother Nigel. Praise God. Press star, star to unmute your phone. Good night, brothers and sisters. May God Bless us tonight as we seek to come together in this study. Uh, if you're hearing me clearly, Sister Michelle, could you just indicate so that I know that? Loud and clear. Okay. <laughs> good night, everybody. I want to say good night to Elder Patrick Baker, if he's online, and uh, Brother Andrew, Sister Michelle, and the rest of the team. Um, we have come together at this point to to study the Bible, and it is my hope that tonight um, the word will give some kind of clarity. I wish I could have really uh, sat down to, to, to go in some great detail uh, with this um, subject that we are looking at tonight, but uh, we will do what we can in the time that we have. It's a very important uh, topic, and I might Brother Nigel, you... sorry, just yes. before, sorry to interrupt you, just before we get into it, I just want to make sure those on the U.S. line, if there's anyone on the U.S. line, if we can just press star star to let me know that you are hearing clearly those on the U.S. line, if somebody could just press star star and let me know that you are hearing us clearly. Hello, hello, hello. We are here loud and clear. Amen. Good night, Praise family. God. Praise God. Thank you, Sister Ingrid. Go ahead, Brother Nigel. Okay, beautiful. So uh, I'll just use a minute or two just to tell you um, why, what went into selecting this subject tonight. Uh, just yesterday evening, I got a message, uh, uh, or the day before, that um, I was to do, uh, prepare for study tonight. I went to 
a friend of mine on the way home. And while conversing um, with them, the, the individual I, I particularly went to see was not there, but I was engaged in a conversation by some other gentlemen who were there. And when I was about to leave, to go back to, to continue on the way home, I saw across the room something that I found quite interesting. What was it? I wish I was on uh, video right now. Normally, I don't like to be on video, really. But I wish I was right now to show you um, what it was that caught my eye as I, as I was about to leave that building. It says, where do they go when they die? I repeat, <laughs> where do they go when they die? And so when I saw that, I asked one of the gentlemen, one of the gentlemen, I said, what is that that I'm seeing there? Where do, the where do they go when they die? What is that talking about? So he said, go over and see, you can, you, you can read it. So when I went over, I recognized what it really was. It was a battery collection drive that the county of Simcoe was actually um, embarking on. And um, it seemed as if every year they give out these bags for you to put uh, dead batteries, because of course you know that they don't want them to be put in the landfills, right? And so they supply some individuals with these bags for them to, to place their used batteries, their dead batteries, into the bag and then uh, have it, uh, take it to the disposal area. And of course, they would recycle these batteries. Now, so, so what was meant here? Where do they go when they die? Of course, you know that when a battery is no longer doing its job, we say they are dead. And we talk about dead batteries. So <laughs> immediately when I saw that, I remembered that I was asked to do a study. And I thought to myself, hmm, that would be a good subject to look at tonight. And so we will spend a little time to look at where do, not batteries now, but where do people go when they die? And might I just pause a, a few seconds here to pray? as we begin. Loving Lord, eternal, compassionate, heavenly Father, we come to you again tonight, O oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus, at whose feet every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that indeed he is Lord. Father, we are depending upon you tonight to speak to us, to bring clarity to this subject. Lord, it has been dealt with on so many occasions, and yet we see, Lord, the masses of our people are still confused as to what happens when individuals die and can the dead speak to us. Father, may tonight be a night of illumination. May tonight be a night of understanding. And may tonight be a night of rejoicing as we see this subject more clearly. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So, as I seek to begin, I want to use the battery 
to, to explain something to us here. And I will just start with the scriptures here, and then I will come back to, uh, to, to using this analogy concerning batteries to, 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 en to enlighten us concerning the issue at hand. In order to understand what happens when we die, we must understand what happens or how man was made. So if we understand how man was made, then it is very easy to understand what happened when we die. All right, so one of the first things that we need to understand is man's nature. What did I say? We need to understand man's nature. The Bible nowhere teaches us that man has immortality in himself. It teaches that man is mortal. So, so by nature, man is mortal. And you know, anything that is mortal is subject to death. Only those who are immortal can have life everlasting. God made man to live, but it was never in his purpose that man should it was never in his purpose that man should live if he chose to sin, because otherwise man would become perpetual sinners and he would bring pain and anguish to himself continually and on an escalating level. So that was not God's will for man. So God told man in Genesis 2-7, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So, on the subject of immortality, does anybody possess immortality? The word of God says here, I give thee charge in the sight of God who quickness all things and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession that thou keep this commandment without spot unrebukable until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which in his time he shall show. Who is blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords, listen to this part now, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach, unto whom no man has seen, nor can see to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. And that's 1 Timothy 6, verse 13 to 16. What relationship should man sustain in order to receive immortality? Well, 
It was because of sin that man lost this gift. Because man sinned and fell short of the glory of God, he became subject to die, having contracted the disease of sin from which the Bible says what? The wages of sin is death. So man does not inherently possess immortality. 2 Timothy 1 verse 10 says, But is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So God is now wanting to renew this gift of immortality uh, to man. So if a person accepts the gospel, when can he ex expect to be given immortality? The word of God says in 1 Corinthians 15, 51 to 54, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 to 54. So what does the Bible say about man's life? And I will just quickly go through uh, some of these. Job 4:17 says in Job 4.17, man is said to be mortal. And also we have Romans 6, verses 12, verse 12, and Romans 8, verse 11, and 2 Corinthians 4, verse 11. I hope we are able to, to uh, write these down quickly. Man's life is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanished away. James 4, verse 14, the last section. Also, man's life is said to be wind. Job 7, 7, and also Psalm 78, verse 39. Man's life is also transitory and perishable which means, of course, he's subject to death. Luke 13, verse 2 and 3, and uh, John 3, 16, and we know what that one says, and Romans 2, 12, and there are others there which I will not uh, mention. The devil was the first to teach that man is mortal. Do you remember what he said to Eve in the garden? When she told the devil that God had said if they ate of the fruit, 
they would surely die. The devil said to Eve, ye shall not surely die. The serpent is referred to as the devil in Revelation 12.9. Christ said he is a liar and the father of lies in John 8.44. And so this was the first lie that was told in the Bible and it was told by the devil. So the word of God plainly teaches that we are not immortal. The devil through his counterfeit says, ye shall not surely die. In other words, the devil is contradicting or counterfeiting what God is plainly saying to man. Ye shall not surely die. And we recognize, friend, that in the times that we are living in, and I hope I will be able to get to that to show how this principle, this first lie that the enemy has told, told Adam and Eve, how he's telling it to people, uh, people uh, by the millions in this day we are living in. And we are buying it, line, hook, and sinker. And because of that, my friends, many are in danger of losing their salvation. Where are the dead? And uh, before, before I, get, I get to that, before I get to that, we must understand that, that when God created man, the Lord made him, in, according to Genesis 2, uh, 7, and the Lord... God formed man of the dust of the ground. So God formed man from the dust of the ground. And then in Genesis 2, 7, the last part, it says that God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. So God formed man from the dust of the ground, and then he breathed into man the breath of life. And if you notice what it says after that, it says, and man became what? Man became a living soul. So we have a formula there. The dust of the ground plus the breath of God caused man to become a living soul. So notice the formula. And if you observe it carefully, you would recognize that death is the opposite of that. In, in Ecclesiastic 12, verse 7, it says, Then shall the dust, this is talking about when a person dies now. So, so, so remember the formula and look at Ecclesiastic 12, verse 7, and you will recognize that death is the reversal of what God did when man was created. It says here, Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit 
shall return unto God who gave it. So friends, we have it clearly there that when a person dies, the body goes to the ground and the spirit and the word there, I believe in the Greek is ruach. And it simply means breath or we could say life-giving power. In, my, in, in, in the analogy that I want to give you to, just, to, just to help to understand this, um, as it relates to batteries, I thought of um, some way to use the battery to explain how uh, man was formed and, 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 and how a man dies, okay? Because we know that we say that battery dies when it is no longer able to, to do what it is supposed to do, which is to give power or to give energy to your devices. So a battery is composed of three main things. The first one is called the anode, right? And this is negatively charged. Then it has what is called a cathode, which is positively charged. In addition to that, it has what is called electrolyte, which is usually a liquid substance into which both anode and cathode is, is submerged. And today's um, technology has caused batteries now not to only be liquid, you have solid, com completely um, um, solid batteries with no liquid. But for this example, we see the anode, the cathode, and the electrolyte. Now, friends, the battery, when created, will never power a device by itself until the electrolyte or the liquid is added into that container with, uh, with the cathode and the anode. When that electrolyte is poured into it in the same way that God breathed into man the breath of life. When, and notice, God breathed into man the breath of life and he became what? A living soul. A living soul. When the, when the electrolyte is poured into the container containing the anode and the cathode, all of a sudden, electric charge flows between them. And because it flows between them, they have developed ways to, to, to cause these electrons to flow external to, to that battery mechanism. So it flows external to it and comes back in through the other side. It goes out one way and comes in through the other way. And so a flow of electrons is, um, is caused to take place. Now, how does a battery dies. There are a number of technical ways um, that this can happen, but the one I want to look at is this. If I should cause all the electrolytes, which is the liquid, if I should cause all that liquid to be poured out or to leak out of that battery, all of a sudden, even though the anode and the cathode is intact, that battery will be dead. Why? The life-giving power, the flow of electric charge would have been gone. 
And so, friends, in the same way that God made man from the dust and he breathed into man the breath of life and all of a sudden man was energized and he became a living soul. It's the same way with the battery. Once that life-giving electrolyte is poured into the, into, into the container, the battery comes alive and is able to power devices. In the same way, when God breathed into man's nostril the breath of life, man became alive. And so, friends, at, at death, the word of God says that the, the dust goes to the ground and the spirit goes back to God. So, when that happened, some people might ask, does the intelligent thinking part of man live somewhere after death? <laughs> I repeat that one. Does the intelligent thinking part of man live somewhere after death? And I can just hear that uh, popular uh, gospel song, which is not biblically uh, correct. The doctrine of the song is not sound, but it, it, it says, it has a line which says, um, they, don't, they don't live here anymore. They are somewhere around the throne of God. Friends, the word of God tells us that when the living die, they stay in the grave until Christ calls them at the resurrection. And so we know they are not somewhere around the throne. <laughs> the word of God says in Ecclesiastic, in uh, Psalms 146.4, I'm sorry, that when a man dies, his breath goeth forth. He returneth to his earth. In that very day, his thoughts, what? His thoughts perish. So he can't think. He can't reason. He can't act. And there's another text here, Ecclesiastic chapter 9 and verse 5. The first part says, for the living know that they will die, but the dead knows what? Not anything. So the living knows that they will die, but the dead knows nothing. So all these funerals that we used to attend uh, again, uh, when we were young, and I think it still happens now where, where we hear uh, people mourning and giving their eulogy, and, and, and we hear them say that the person is in heaven. How does that happen? Do you believe that that is supported by Scripture? Are they somewhere in Abraham's bosom playing the harp or singing songs of praise to the Lord? No, 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 not so. There are numerous scriptures that speak to that issue. Psalm 115, 17, verse 17, for instance, says, The dead praise not the Lord, neither any that go down into silence. You can also read Psalm 6 and verse, verse uh, 5. Now, think about this. 
the, the, the word of God says, the living knows that they will die, but the dead knows nothing. So obviously they are not in heaven. And there's another scripture, which is the one I was thinking of. It says that uh, it is appointed unto man to die. And after death comes what? Comes the judgment. Now, friends, think about it rationally. In our earthly, secular system, if a man commits a crime, say a crime that he would be executed for, is it reasonable, would it be reasonable for, the, for, for him to be killed and then after he dies, then you call for the judge and jury to try the case? Friends, that would not make any sense at all. And so we know that the time of the judgment is future. And when I say future, the time of the judgment is after the second return of Christ. And so, where are they in the meanwhile? The Word of God, again, says in John 5, verse 28 and 29, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the, the resurrection of damnation. And so, friends, all the dead from the time of Adam up until this time, they are resting in the grave. And we know that while they are in the grave, they are basically, well, 1 Thessalonians verse four, uh, chapter 4 and verse 13 has this to say about the condition of man while in the grave. But I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye stir not, even as others which have no hope. So friends, the point I want to make from this text is that the word of God describes the person who is dead as being asleep. Now, when we are asleep, we are not conscious of anything that is going on around us. We are not conscious of the passage of time. And so Adam, who died roughly 6,000 years ago, and someone who died yesterday, neither, neither of them would be able to determine how long they have been asleep. And as a matter of fact, the Word of God says that, in, in, in the, word, the Word of God indicates that as soon as they go down, the next voice they will hear is the voice of Jesus. And so to the person who is dead, it might appear as if immediately they are raised from the dead, but they are just not conscious of the passage of time during the time that they are dead. And friends, we come to a serious juncture. I'm not sure how much time I have, but I'm trying to run ahead now to look at something very important here. If indeed the dead are not in heaven, if indeed death is asleep, then how is it that the idea that the dead can communicate with the living 
has been floating around for centuries. And even in the time that we are living in, we hear this, which we hear this among so many individuals. The theory, the theory that it is possible for those, for those living to communicate with those who are dead is known as spiritism. Now, friends, I, I like this simple definition of spiritism. I think I was the one who coined this phrase to say spiritism is seeking to engage in spiritual things without adhering to the word of God. So this is a loose definition. Spiritism is engaging in spiritual things without adhering to the word of God. In other words, you are worshiping, but not according to the word of God. Adherence to this belief accept the natural immortality of man as basic. If the communication lines are forever open between the living and the dead, then it would be incorrect to speak of a person dying. But death is the opposite of life. The difference between life and death is man's relationship to knowledge. Solomon declares, for the living know that they will die, but the dead know not anything. So, friends, I want us to look at this example of a spirit medium. This is a case that was described in the Bible. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than the beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, has God said, ye shall not eat of the tree of the garden. The serpent beguiled Eve through his subtly, subtly, sub, subtlety. So friends, what he indicated was that the dead uh, well, was that we shall not die. And so that was trying to put something in mankind to say that if the dead are not really dead, then maybe we can, we can communicate with them. And we see in the, in, 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 in the word of God where King Saul, who had been disobedient to God, and God was, had ceased to communicate with him, he went to a witch who, who was called the witch of Endor, and he, and he asked the witch to bring up Samuel, but Samuel was already dead. And so the witch brought up someone which had the form of Samuel, but indeed Samuel was dead. And so that was an evil spirit which was impersonating Samuel. And friend, we see where this practice has continued into today's day. I wish I had more time to get into that, but um, I believe that my time is expiring, and I just wanted to read uh, a short excerpt here from the, from, the, from, from the book, The Great Controversy. And it reads as follows in chapter 34, Can our dead speak to us? And this is an important point. 
because as the message on this container which I got relating to uh, the battery recycling program, where do they go when they die? If indeed they go somewhere around the throne, they would be able to communicate with you. But friends, we have the clear word of God that, that the living know that they will die, but the dead knows nothing. And so if we are speaking to our loved one, if we are speaking to some ancestor, if we are speaking to, to, to some being who claims to be in the spirit realm, and, and that being is not, a, is not Jesus Christ, and is not one of the heavenly angels who did not sin, then we are speaking to fallen angels. And friends, it says here, the ministration of holy angels as presented in the scripture is a truth most comforting and precious to every follower of God. And so friends, the good angels, we know that God dispatches good angels as in the case of, 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 of Daniel. When, when Daniel prayed and the angel came with an answer. But there are also evil angels as we will come to see here. The doctrine of man's consciousness in death. The doctrine of natural immortality, first borrowed from the pagan philosophy and in the darkness of the great apostasy incorporated into the Christian faith, has supplanted the truth. So plainly taught in scripture that the dead know not anything. Multitude have come to believe that it is spirits of the dead who are the ministering Spirit sent forth to minister to them who shall be hearers of salvation. And this notwithstanding the testimony of scripture to the existence of heavenly angels, good angels who did not fall, and their connection to the history of man before the death of a human being. The doctrine of man's consciousness in death, especially the belief that spirits of the dead return to minister to the living has prepared the way for what? For modern spiritualism. And we know that modern spiritualism, which uh, began in the 1800s, has, has gotten uh, widespread popularity in the world today. And so as we continue to read, if the dead are admitted into the presence of God and holy angels, and privileged with, the knowledge, with knowledge far exceeding what they before possessed, why should they not return to the earth to enlighten and instruct the living? And that makes sense, right? If indeed they are there, but friends, based upon the word of God, we know that the dead are not in heaven. We know that they are asleep. If as taught by popular theologians, Spirits of the dead are hovering about their friends on earth. Why should they not be permitted to communicate with them, to warn them against evil, or to comfort them in sorrow? How can those who believe in man's consciousness in death reject that, 
reject what comes to them as divine light communicated by glorified spirits. Here is a channel regarded as sacred through which Satan works for the accomplishment of his purposes. The fallen angels who do his biddings appear as his messengers from the spirit world. And notice now, friends, we're talking about Satan and the fallen angels. It says, the fallen angels who do his, Satan's bidding, appear as messengers from the spirit world. Wow. While professing to bring the living into communication with the dead, the spirit of evil exercises his bewitching influence upon their minds. And friends, I've had cases where individuals have told me, I remember this one lady years ago, she told me that her mother had died and that she keeps having this recurring dream. And the dream would be accompanied by, by the smell of her mother's favorite perfume. And she said that her mother, before she died, had told them that whenever she dies, she wants them to put flowers on her on her gravesite. Now, somehow the funeral was held and the flowers were not placed on the gravesite. And she kept having the dream that the mother would appear to her almost in person. And the mother would say to her, where is the flowers that I said I wanted? And after a while, <clears throat> the lady got scared and she felt like she had disappointed her mother. And so believing that to be her mother, she, she went to the graveside and she placed the flowers there. And the mother no longer made that request to her. But soon after, this spirit in the form of her mother, with the smell of her mother's perfume started to make other requests. I remember when we started to do a Bible study with her and, and she said it to me. I said to her, whenever you see that individual again, whether in dream or in vision or in person or, or seemingly in person, you, you, you must say to, 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 to the individual to, or to that being or, or whoever it is that appeared to her that, that I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And friends, when I saw her again, she said she did it because she believed from the word of God where we show her that the dead cannot speak and that it is the devil uh, impersonating her mother. She believed and she did exactly as she was told and to God be the glory. From that day, it never happened again. And so friends, we have to be careful. We must know what the word of God says. The word of God says to the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to the word of God, it is because there is no light in them. Isaiah 8.20. As I continue the reading, how can those who believe in man's consciousness in death reject what comes to them as light communicated by glorified beings? So if you believe that man is conscious in death, it is natural that you will believe that they can communicate with you and then you are susceptible to deception. Here is a channel regarded as sacred 
through which Satan worked for the accomplishment of his purposes. Friends, Satan has the power to bring before men the appearance of their departed friends, as I explained to you just now. It says here, the counterfeit is perfect. The familiar look, the word, the tone are reproduced with marvelous distinctness. Many are comforted with the assurance that their loved ones are enjoying the bliss of heaven and without suspicion of danger, they give ear to seducing spirits and to doctrine of devils. My friends, this is serious. And if we do not look to the word of God for guidance, if we do not seek to be in harmony with the word of God, we are going to be in serious trouble. In Matthew 24, when the disciples asked Jesus, uh, after he told them about the destruction of the temple of Jerusalem and when shall be the end of time, Jesus, in his response to their question, firstly said to them, take heed that no man deceive you. And he further said, that the deception of the last day would be so great that if it were possible, even the very elect of God would be deceived. But I thank you, I thank God that it says, if it were possible, because with God on our side, we are more than a match for the enemy and we can see his plan and we can run to the arms of, uh, of Jesus, which is the arms of safety. The word of God will give us direction. The word of God will give us clarity. The word of God will give us truth. And if we know the truth, we will be able to detect error. Satan can cause those to appear who went to the grave unprepared. Watch it carefully now. They claim they will make claim to be happy in heaven and even occupy exalted positions there. And thus the error is widely taught that there is no difference between the righteous and the wicked. Friends, think about it. If you have a relative, a loved one who lives like a devil and now he claims to be in heaven living like an angel, it is communicating to you that you do not have to change your life. You do not have to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life in order to be saved. Friends, may we not, may we not be caught by this trick of the enemy. The pretended visitants from the world of spirit sometimes utter cautions and warnings which proves to be correct. So these demons, fallen angels, pretending to be your loved ones will sometimes give you instruction which prove to be correct. It might be a lottery number. It might be that you are to avoid this because there's going to be an accident and it proves to be correct. But the whole purpose of that is to win your confidence. And when your confidence is gained, they present doctrines that undermine your faith in the word of God. They present uh, teachings that lead you into the path of error. With an appearance of deep interest in the well-being of their friends on earth, 
they insinuate the most dangerous errors. The fact that they state some truth and are able at times to foretell future events gives to their statements an appearance of reliability and their false teachings are accepted by the multitude as readily and believed as implicitly as if they were the most sacred truth of the Bible. The law of God is set aside. The spirit of grace despised. The blood of the covenant counted an unholy thing. The spirits deny the deity of Christ and the place and place even the creator on a level with themselves. Thus, under a new guise, the great rebel still carries on his warfare against God, begun in heaven and for near 6,000 years continued upon the earth. Friends, there is so much more that I could read concerning this, but I just want to close uh, with this uh, little section here. Just before us is the hour of temptation which shall come upon the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Revelation 3.10. All whose faith are not firmly established upon the word of God will be deceived and overcome. Satan works with all deceivableness of unrighteousness to gain control of the children of men and his deceptions will continually increase. Friends, the devil will redouble his effort because he knows that he has just a short while. But he can gain his object only as men voluntarily yield to his temptation. Those who are earnestly seeking a knowledge of the truth and are striving to purify their souls through obedience, thus doing what they can to prepare for the conflict, will find in the God of truth a sure defense. Because thou hast kept my word of patience, he says, I will also keep thee. The Savior's promise, he would sooner send every angel out of heaven to protect his people than leave one soul that trusts in him to be overcome by Satan. Friends, friends, hear this. Hear this. I say tonight, God would sooner send every angel out of heaven to protect you than to leave you who trust him to be overcome by Satan. And as I close, might I remind you, friends, that for every angel that fell, there were two angels that did not fall. And friends, moreover, one plus God is a majority. One plus God is victory. Daniel in the lion's den plus Jesus was more than a match for the enemy. Friends, we will not be overcome if we place our feet on the solid rock, which is Christ Jesus. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He is our refuge and strength, our present help in our time of need. And so, friends, we have no need to look to any other source for wisdom, for knowledge, for comfort, because Jesus is waiting to give us abundantly more than we could ever ask or think or imagine. And so, friend, I, friends, I invite you to place yourself on the side of Jesus Christ, for he will give his angels, good angels, angels did not fail, he will give them charge over thee and keep your feet from slipping. 
And when the enemy comes in like a flood, Jesus Christ will send, will, will raise up a standard against them. Friends, I implore us tonight, may we fasten our eyes upon Jesus. May we study his words diligently because our only safeguard in this time of great deception is a knowledge of the word of God. Friends, I encourage you tonight, make the word of God your sure foundation for he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. His victory is ours tonight. And as we put ourselves in his hands, friends, you make one step towards Jesus and he will make a hundred steps towards you. So I encourage you tonight, stand upon the word. Stand fast upon Christ Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. This is my encouragement to us all as I say blessing to you all. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, Brother Nigel, for that Bible study tonight about the state of a dead. A great reminder and also to educate as well in regards to this important and very relevant topic for this day and age that we live in. And at this time, we're just going to open up the lines uh, for a few minutes. If anyone has any questions regarding the topic tonight, any questions at all, um, for Brother Nigel regarding the state of the dead. Is everything clear tonight, brethren? Does anyone need any clarification? Please press star star to unmute your phone, state your name and where you're calling from, and ask the question. All right, go right ahead. Amen, Brother Nigel. Good evening. Good evening. Hello, good evening. <laughs> This is the Andrea. Um, powerful message, very powerful. My question is, where in the um, great controversy, what page you were reading from? I missed that. If you could um, clarify that for me, please. Okay, I was. Okay, the chapter I was reading from, and friends, I encourage us all, especially in these times, to go back to this book, the great controversy, friends. We know that the Bible is the book of books. So when I say this that I'm about to say, I'm putting the Bible on a level by itself. And to say that of all the other books that we need to read at this time, the great controversy should be at the top of your list because it speaks to our current times. It speaks to what is taking place now. It speaks to the plans of the enemy to deceive God's people even at this time. And so you, in regard to your question, I was reading from chapter 34. That's chapter 34, and the title is, Can Our Dead Speak to Us? Okay. Is that clear, Sister Andrea? Yes, it is. Thank you so much. Okay. Any further, any further questions? Any further? Yes. Okay. Any further questions or comments? No. Um. Okay. I. I mean, this. This. I'm. I'm so glad that you. You know, you did this topic because. Um. 
you know, not me, but, you know, I have um, friends and family, you know, that really thought, you know, even just now I was thinking about it, how, you know, people speak to their dad. You know, I have a friend, you know, that husband died and she constantly goes to the graveside and crying oh. and talking to him, yeah. you know. So um, I just want to share, you know, something that I could share with her you know, so she could understand because she, she really, really, she really thinks that, you know, if it's first around, she, she, she makes her happy. So, um, yeah. Yes. yes. And, uh, might I, might I tell you this, my sister, what, what, what I realized yeah. is that there are many individuals who, um, who might not, even though some might even be Christians and they do not know what the Bible says. And my method, my modus of operandi, uh, uh, when I have cases like that to deal with, is that the first thing I do, whether they're Christians or not, the first thing I do is to get them to affirm that they believe the Bible to be the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation. I get them to acknowledge that the Word of God is true, it is inspired by God, and that His Word can be trusted. Then, after reaching that stage, I now go and uh, I, I now have a study, invite him to a study uh, as to what happens when we die. And I point them to the scriptures and allow them to read it for themselves. And I can tell you, my sister, most, in most cases, it will be clear at the end and you will not have to use uh, fanciful words to, 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 to convince them but the word of God will bring conviction to them and they will become wise to these things and also wise unto salvation. Thank you for your question. Thank you. Um, brother, um, can you tell me one of the um, Bible chapter um, verses you, you, you usually use? Because I kind of came on a little late when you're in the middle of your sermon. Okay. Uh, you, you want to hear... Some of the texts that I use. Okay, all right. Yeah. Um, I, I, the one, what, okay, I can think of a few off the top of my head. Ecclesiastic, Ecclesiastic 9, um, um, verse 5. Okay. That's off the top of my head. I can think of uh, uh, also Ecclesiastic, Ecclesiastic 7, sorry. Ecclesiastic 12, verse 7. Psalm 146, 4. Psalm 115, verse 17. Okay. And uh, Psalm 6, verse 5. And there and there are many there are many others. Many and so as yes, I invite you, my sister, to do a research and um and when you are prepared you have prepared yourself, I think you should go to your friend in a loving way, support her, and in a loving way, uh point her uh to the word of God. And if she's grieving, if she's grieving at this moment, um it might not be appropriate at this time, but being her friend you should uh, know under the influence of the Holy Spirit when is the right time to have that kind of a discussion um, with her. And if you have success 
uh, you could call us and tell us about it. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you so much, my brother. Thank yes. you. Okay. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Sister mm-hmm. Andrew. Is there anybody else mm-hmm. that has a question or a comment? Mm-hmm. Hello. hello. Yes, hello. This is Sister Candy. Um, hi, Brother not, not Nigel. Um, hello. It's Good not night. A, I don't have a question, but um, I do have, like, um, I guess it would be a, a comment. Um, I've just started reading The Great Controversy, and I don't want to well, say that um, I was frightened by what I've read thus far, but I am enlightened and um, just really enlightened by what I've read thus far and what is actually happening in our world today. And it does make you ponder it does cause you to um, look at um, what prophecy is saying and that mm-hmm. we are not to be um, blinded by thinking that, oh, okay, the world is going to end and simply take it at that. Um, there is really has to be an understanding that, that's not just the case. And yeah. when I read, you know, the great controversy, I just, I just fell on my knees and I said, Lord, mm. just, you know, give me all the understanding that I need mm, in yeah. reading this because it is so necessary for the time that we're in, you know, so I do appreciate, you know, your message and um, your encouraging of reading the great the great controversy because it would open your eyes and give you the understanding um that goes right along with what the bible is saying yeah you know and this was written how far back and look what is actually hmm. happening hmm. we're seeing it being fulfilled before our eyes even at this moment, my sister. At this moment, yes. You know, so yes. definitely is an eye opener for me. Um, so I thank you very much for touching yes. on that. And um, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And I thank you very okay. much, my sister. And I and I hope I hope that what the Lord has placed on your heart to say tonight will inspire our brethren online, friends. If you do not possess a copy of the book, The Great Controversy. Please, by any means, go out and get one. Read it slowly, deeply. And I truly believe that you will be blessed and you will be enlightened. Thank you very much. Yes. And you can even download it. You know, If you don't want to um, purchase it, you can download it and read it you know, on your um, laptop, your computer, or what have you. And, um, yeah, but it is something necessary for us um, in our Christian walk to read it. And if you have, go back and read it again. Amen, amen, amen. For a comment? Good night. Hello? Hello, good night. Who am I speaking with, please? 
while you're speaking with Brother Klaus from Tiny, I have a comment regarding... Brother Klaus, good night to you. (laughs) Again. Very tangible evidence to prove this in real time that has happened to a lady. She lost her son in the Korean War. She was communicating with her son every evening who was appearing at the end of her bed and they were having these conversations about heaven and everything else. And sometimes the devil gets his channels mixed up because this man didn't die. He was lost in the woods in Korea. <laughs> and, he, and he came to his mother's door later. This is a very famous story. And it is the most tangible proof to prove that Satan is a liar. You know, mm. that this woman's son came to the door in real person. And the ghost never came back to her again because Satan got his <laughs> mixed up and <laughs> this man was dead and he was not. This is a very famous story. Um, I wish I had the facts that where it came from, but I heard it through uh, Brother Doug Batchelor. Um, mm-hmm. He relayed that story in a sermon once um, about this lady who was communicating with her son and then her dead son wasn't dead. He came to the front door. <laughs> he was alive. And wow. the, and the demon never came back to speak to her ever again. This is the proof that we need, you know, to put forward to, to say this in real time, you know, uh, because a lot of these things are just written down. Here's something where it was actually proven. This woman talked about this all the time of what her dead son was telling her, and it was a lie. And then her real son was not dead. He appeared at the door one day and they were restored, you know, in real time. Yes, so, yes. These things that, um, that we can relay to our friends, you know, that we can be comforted. That, because these things are scary when dead relatives appear at the end of your bed. They, they give a false sense of comfort and they're always lying spirits. Exactly. Uh, that's they, just something to add to your beautiful sermon this evening. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Nigel. Amen, amen. Brother Klaus, do not hang up. Do not hang up, friends. I want to thank Brother Klaus, who, who reminded me of something very important, because I'm sure m- many of us have heard of that account. And yes, I did. And so, Brother Klaus, I think it's a valuable contribution that you made to the program tonight by, by, by reminding us of that particular incident which has become widely known. And it, go, it just goes to show that um, the enemy will do all that he can do to distract and to deceive people. And he will do that to God's people if we are not particularly vigilant. So I thank you very much, Brother Klaus, for um, bringing that point forward. Have a good night and continue to listen. And Brother Nigel, I think we had one more on the U.S. side. I think I heard a a, a sister there, and then that will be the, mm-hmm. the last for the night. And then we're going to close off. Go ahead. Was there another sister that wanted to speak in behalf of the Bible study? Or give a comment? Press star star to unmute your phone. 
Okay, is there anybody else? We'll take one more comment or question. Anybody else? Press star star to unmute your phone. We were speaking tonight about the state of the dead. Hi, Sister Michelle. This is Sister Andrew again. I just wanted to um, put it out there. I don't know if you um, guys know or if anybody um, listening. Um, I'm reading The Great Controversy myself, and um, I... I'm reading it through Revival Plan. That is um, an Adventist website that um, has a lot of Sister White's book, and you have the option and different things. How you know Bible study and every a lot of different reading, and um, and you have the option to read it, and you have the option to also you know it's being read to you. You know, so that's how I do it. I I'll put it on and I will just go through my um, Great Controversy book. So um, I just wanted to put that out there. It's a revival plan um, series. So, yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. That's a great resource. Thank you so much, Sister Andrea. That's awesome. Revival plan, correct? Yeah, revival plan. Yeah. Revival and you can, you know, plan. sign up for it. Yeah, it's a website. You could um, sign up on the website. Um, it's revivalplan.com. It has great controversy, all the books, most of the books, you know, and, you know, it's been read to you and, you know, you follow it and each day you could, you know, add a chapter. So, yeah. Amen. That's great. That's great. That's great information. Thank you so much for, for sharing. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Was there anybody else that had a comment or anything else that they would have liked to, um, any question, anything they were not sure of that they would like to ask Brother Nigel at this point before we close out? Hello. Hello. Good evening. Hello. Yes. Hi, Sister Michelle. Um, this is Sister Kate. And um, I would just like to say that the... Bible study, in fact, uh, is a great blessing, and surely, as we all know, that it's well needed at this time. So I just want to thank God for you all, for Elder Nigel, and for you, of course, and um, Elder Patrick, and the whole team, all the ministers, all of you. So God bless you guys, and have a good night, okay? Amen. Thank you very much. (laughs) Amen. Praise the Lord, Sister Kate. Praise God. Thank you for that. To God be the glory. All right, brethren, and just to let you know, for this Bible study, it will be posted on our website. You can go to audio on our website, and you can look up this Bible study called State of the Dead, and definitely share it with those whom you know could benefit from it. The scriptures are in the Bible study as well. They can look it up for themselves, and um, and you definitely share it to everyone. Okay, and at this time, we just, we're going to close off this session tonight, but we will be back online tomorrow morning, brethren, at 5 a.m., where you, again, can share your testimonies, give your prayer requests, and also hear a short devotional. And then we'll be back online again at 9 p.m., uh, the Sabbath hours. 
and to continue to fellowship, to give testimonies, prayer requests, the spoken word, brethren. It's a blessed, blessed week. And we're back online on Sabbath again via YouTube at 1030. So we do have lots coming up in the next couple of days. Continue to keep this ministry in prayer. And all those who work with this ministry in front lines and behind the scenes, brethren, we're all in need of your prayer. So at this time, let us close off with a short word of prayer. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we praise you. We thank you. We glorify you. You are such a good God. Thank you for knowledge in your word that we have no need to be confused, but the word of God speaks truth and the truth shall set us free. So we glorify your name because your word sanctifies us. So at this time, I just pray that you will be with each and every one of us on the prayer line, that you will cover us tonight. Let our sleep be peaceful in Jesus' name. Let every thought come into the subjection of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I pray that you'll also be with Brother Nigel and um Sister Cummins as well, that you will cover them and that you will also continue to lead and bless them in all their ways. I praise you and I thank you for each one. And if there's anything I fail to say, Lord, you see and know everybody's heart and their desire on the line. So may you grant it according to your will. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Bun to Christ Ministries podcast. We hope that you were blessed. Feel free to visit our website at buntochrist.com for more content and information. Also, feel free to contact us at buntochrist70 at gmail.com with your prayer requests or any questions you may have. May God richly bless you, and we'll see you next time.